When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Warm welcome to the unofficial, official Carlton podcast here on SEN and the overnight crowd. Paul Sebastiani with you, joined by SEN's very own Nick Negrapontis. A very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We need to go through all parts of the day because anyone can listen at any time. How are you, mate? I'm good. The joys of podcasting. You can yes, listen exactly. You want. Now, Paul, did you know? Yes. If you use the FootyWire app. The FootyWire app. If you sorry, footy way up the um the sports mate you know AFL live app that everyone right. uses. Okay, the yep. AFL app is so slow and no yep. one uses. Yeah, footy live. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. If you go back through old games, you can see premiership odds at the time of the game. Can you really? Yeah. So if you go back, okay. if you go back to the Carlton Essendon game <laughs> after round thirteen, Carlton one hundred and fifty one dollars to win the flag. That's probably under the odds. Did I you? would have given you a thousand to one. Did you have a nibble? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> so just what I wanted to mention on that is the last time Carlton and Sydney played in a game, Sydney right. were 41 bucks for the flag and Carlton was $67 for the flag. Oh, wow. Okay. Now what are, what are they at now? Carlton's yeah. what, about $10 and Sydney's probably 20 to 1? Probably about that. Something like that. Yeah, Insane. How, how times change, Nick. How times change. Uh, let's get stuck into this. Now we're going to go through probably the toughest part of this game on Friday night for the coaching paddle and probably for all Carlton supporters, to be honest. Team selection. Is it the toughest Carlton team selection in a decade? <laughs> I think so. It's, More than a decade? I think so. Uh, we're going to go through that. We'll go through Sydney's ins as well. They've got two pretty big names who are going to come back in. Uh, so we'll go through the opposition as well. We'll go through the last time we played against Sydney, what went right, what went wrong. A lot went wrong. Not much went right, obviously. Uh, but we come into this game as favourite. Uh, just before we get on to the game on Friday night. Just your quick, quick, very quick thoughts on the GWS game. Upon uh, it, it's yep. just fallen away. No one's really given it too much insight or too much, uh, too much attention. Easiest game of all time to analyse. They were up and about to get Charlie two early goals. They did that, and then from there the balloon was slow. The air was slowly let out of the balloon across the last, across the first quarter. And the Giants were hungry to get a result. And they were hungry not only to win the game, but to get a home final. Mm-hmm. They were playing to win big. And we were playing not to get injured. Mm-hmm. And I think when Blake Akers got hurt, I think the balloon finally popped. And it was, yep. yeah, let's just get to the finish line here. And then Zach Fisher kicked the goal to send the Giants back to the MCG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't think there's, like, people were talking about, oh, Carlton breaking down defensively, breaking down defensively. I just don't think they were running particularly hard. Nah. I and, think, like, why would you? Yeah, exactly. I don't think there's too much to look into it. Carlton still had a lot of opportunities from turnover. It's a t- another fallacy. Oh, Carlton's turnover game, Carlton's turnover game. And now their post-clearance game is the best. Now their clearance game is mm. the best. They're, they're, they're with the ball and without the ball, they're very, very good. And they're in the hunt for a flag. And so don't look too much into that last game. I wouldn't have thought. I think that game, that game shows you that when motivation to win is not at an all-time high because you know you can't go up or down, it just shows you what the performance is like. It's just natural human mm. instinct. 
And when GWS, it's basically do or die for them. We saw exactly what happened. And I thought they were okay for a patch, that third term where they had to put the foot to the floor. Yeah. They did. And we just said, okay, fair enough. You've had your shot. Bossy wasn't happy though. Which is good. Three-quarter time. Like, Vossi internally is probably like, yeah. oh, yeah, who cares? But yeah. out externally, he has yeah. to show of that course, of course. how much it matters. Of course, because the standard dropped in that third term, and they don't want that to happen again. Uh, okay, let's just get stuck straight into it, Pont. Let's just get right into team selection for this it. weekend, because there are four names on the pine that are waiting to come in, and the four names are Patrick Cripps, Sam Doherty, Mark Pittenet, and Jesse Motlop. Yeah, and what... Ha- can we, before we get into it any further, we're both yes. not picking Matt Kennedy up, right? No. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't think you can play in a final having not played in six okay. or seven weeks when we already have good midfield Yeah, depth. He's, he's not the type of player that you can just bring in mm. off. He's not that type of key position player that's so important to structure as well. And George Stewart has come into the team, and I think George Stewart's a better footballer. Yeah, I, I think Matt Kennedy's season is over, even if he's fit to play. Yes, unless, unless someone goes down. Yeah. Yep, touch wood. Uh, no, that's a fair point. Uh, so, yeah, that, those are the four names to come back in. Cripps, Doherty, uh, Pitonet, and Motlop. Obviously, Cripps and Doherty, we don't even have to argue them. They're just going to slot straight in. It's more a case of who's going to come out, which yeah. I kind of tinkered with a little bit and struggled with a little bit. But, Pont, you can so, attack this and go first. I agree those are the four ins. Yes. I think most people do. Yep. Motlop has earned his spot, and I think him in for Durden is the only lock. Mm-hmm. That is just makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it was you know he was a laid out last mm-hmm. week for Durden. I yep. think that's black and white, small forward, small forward. Yep, easy as that makes sense. Everything else is so hard. <laughs> um, uh, Marchman comes out. He yep. was the emergent. He was the sub. sub. Yep. I think he comes out. Yep. I, I don't think he's the sub this week. I think he'll be one of the emergencies. Right. So what do you do? You, you need to get Doherty in. You need to get Cripps in. So Cripps. Doherty, Doherty's the hard one because where does he play? Does he play half forward mid? Does he play wing mid? Does he play half back mid? Yep. The, his versatility makes it easier. Correct, exactly. So I think exactly. o- I think Ollie Hollands is the one who unfortunately loses that spot. Okay. With Doherty and Cottrell and right. Walsh filling the necessary wing minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? I've gone the opposite way. Yeah. Uh, I've gone and kept Hollands in and I've taken Cottrell out. No. Yeah. <laughs> I won't have Maddie Cottrell out of this team. I know. A lot, a lot won't. A lot oh. won't. A lot won't. Well, the majority what, probably won't. What made you choose? So him? I watched. I went and watched training on the Friday, no, the Saturday morning, and there were some things that Ollie Hollands did where I just thought, wow, you are, you're ready to go. The, yep. the way that he can test the ball, not just defensively, but defensively as well. I think Cottrell's a little bit better offensively, mm. but Holland's just, the way he gets from contest to contest is just incredible, especially for a, for a first-year player. His engine is just unbelievable. It's a big stage for a, for a kid. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, but that's okay. He's, he's stepped up to the big stage all year this season, and he hasn't really shirked the task at all. The, the one thing I'm looking at for Cottrell is that his high half-forward role and the wing role that he does play can be occupied by Walsh. That's exactly it, yeah. isn't it? That, that's, that's the one. So this is what I did. So my outs, the outs that I have are Cottrell, mm-hmm. Durden, Marchbank, who of course was the sub, so he naturally gets omitted. The other out I had was Chincotta. This is the hard one. Yeah, this is the hard one. So this is what I did. So Cottrell comes out, Chincotta comes out, Durden comes out, Marchbank comes out. So Paddy Dow is relegated to the substitute role. That's exactly where I have him. Cripps comes in. Uh, Doherty comes in across halfback to replace Chincotta, that type of role there. I know he doesn't play the exact role that uh, Chincotta does, but I just I haven't liked Chincotta's last couple of weeks. I thought Brent Daniel got the better of him 
mm. in a few occasions against the Giants. He was okay-ish against Gold Coast. Uh, but he just hasn't been getting his hands on the ball, which yep. is frustrating to me. Uh, that's when I think he's at his best. Uh, and he hasn't yet, he hadn't hit the scoreboard, which is something big for him as well. So um, that's what I've gone that way. The other one I've gone is obviously Durden out for Motlop, but it wouldn't surprise me if they keep Durden in, yeah. if they decide to go a little bit smaller. I, I'm, I'm saying Durden out. I think that's going to be the move. And then uh, march back out and, and Pitternet comes in. So my actual team, I'll go through my team from the yep. back line. Uh, so I've got the starting team is Adam Saad, Jacob Weedering, Brody Kemp. Tick. Then across halfback, I've got Sam Doherty, Mitch McGovern, and Nick Newman. Um, the centre line, I've got Blake Akers and Ollie Hollands across the wings with Patrick Cripps through the, through the middle. Half forward line of Jack Martin, Harry Mackay, and Lockie Fogarty. A full forward line of Jesse Motlop, Charlie Kernow, and Matt Owies. Uh, the followers, TDK. Uh, Adam Chera and Sam Walsh. And my interchanges, George Hewitt, Mark Pitternett, David Cunningham I've kept in, and Zach Fisher stays in the team as well. So, And the sub is Paddy Dow. That's my team. It's hard. It's so it's, hard. It's, it's hard. As you said, it's the hardest team selection in a decade. We're looking at the exact same thing. We've come to slightly different conclusions. Yep. And those slightly <laughs> different conclusions could be winning or losing. It's, yes, exactly. It's the domino effect. So you, uh, we've gone slightly different. Okay. So I've right. kept Chincotta. Okay. Yeah. And I've omitted Fisher. Okay. Right. Which I know is a maybe controversial. Yep. Okay. I am worried about Zach Fisher. Final spotlight. Wet weather. Sydney contested. I know mm. he'll get 10, 15 more disposals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Than Chincotta. Yep. yep. But I think I trust Chincotta more in a contest. In okay. A yeah. Fair enough. Contest. And yep. I think if I'm John Longmire. Do you remember, this is the most random pull of all time, but do you remember when we threw Dylan Buckley to halfback? Yes, I do, actually, yes. And he was okay for two games, yep. and then Collingwood said, okay, we're going to put you on Jaden Stevenson, and Stevenson's <laughs> going to stay in the goal square, and you're just going to get outmarked seven or eight times in a row. I'm worried about John Longmire going, okay, Ryan Clark or you know Tom Papley or Isaac Heaney, whoever gets switched on to Fisher, just come back to the goal square. Yeah. Oh, it stays the deepest forward and try and force him to defend. That is something I'm worried about. Mm. I don't know if that'll come to fruition, but I've chosen Chincotta over Fisher because I'm more worried about our ability to defend one-on-one okay, against the enough. dangerous Sydney small fair forwards enough. than the offensive output that we will require back there, especially yeah. with Doherty back. I think, yeah, the rebuttal to that would be, well, not a rebuttal, but I think the, the team and defensive stocks would look at that and say, okay, well, he's not just Fisher's man, he's our man, which is the mantra that of Aaron course. Hamill and Jacob Wearing has said. And they would look at it and say, okay, well, if Heaney's going to occupy... Uh, Zach Fisher, while well, we need to realise, okay, what's the handover in our, in our moment when we actually mm. have the ball? So we need to get the ball in Fisher's hands. Uh, we know that Heaney's probably going to want to drag him back to take him to full back, but Fisher's not he's not silly enough to be able to follow him. I know you have to follow your man to a certain point, but there has to be a situation where they look at it and say, okay, well, we're doing, okay, McGovern, we need a handover because Fisher's been occupied by him. My other thought is Chincotta's probably the one who gets the Heaney matchup. Because Newman goes to Papley. You've got their three key forwards versus our three key defenders. Yep. Yep. So it's either Chincotta or Doherty Mm. getting that Heaney matchup. Mm -hmm. And I would prefer that to be Chincotta. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I I like that argument. I like that's the argument to probably keep Chincotta in. I think defensively, one on one, Mm. he's obviously a lot stronger than what Zach Fisher is. And maybe with Doherty, too, you don't want to be, you don't want him. I mean, he has to be accountable, obviously, as a defender. But. I oh, know it's a strange one. It's a, it's a good argument to have. I don't know how they're going to 
I don't know a, how it's going to play it's out. It's such a headache. It's the biggest headache. What about Matt Cottrell? I've got him out. So I've got Cottrell staying in. And so you've basically said, okay, Hollands, you're the primary winger. So you stay as the primary winger. And yep. Cottrell comes out. Walsh takes his role. Mm-hmm. And we bring in the extra midfielder in Doherty. Mm-hmm. I've done the opposite in that I flipped Cottrell to the wing. Yep. Omitted Hollands and brought in Doherty. Yep. So essentially right. Cottrell plays uh, Hollands' role. One or the other. Sam Walsh yep. plays Cottrell's role. And Doherty plays Walsh's role. Yeah, oh, I think so one you, of those wingers is going to be stiff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be one of the wingers, and it's such a hard call. It's yeah. such a line ball call. I just think there's stuff. I know Hollands is such a good runner and such a hard runner, and, mm-hmm. but as you said, Cottrell I think gets to the right spots offensively as well as defensively, mm. and I think that might be handy in this game. Ooh, yeah. This is this is such a tough. This is such a tough team selection. Yep. Uh, Dow was the sub. Who did you have as the sub? I have Dow as the sub. Yeah, I think so that's the right move. Marchbank, Dow, Durden, Fisher, and Hollands are my five outs. Okay, right. But otherwise, right. same as you. Okay, yeah. Very, very interesting. I've kept David Cunningham in. You've so kept Cunners in. Yep, I like that. I think and he was good enough against GWS to warrant a, so warrant a spot in the finals. So basically we're picking, so you've got Motlop, Fogarty, Durden, Mm-hmm. Cunningham, Owies. And As that rotation. So you're picking mm-hmm. three of those five, Yep, basically. Yep. Or four of those five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the one we've both picked to miss out is Durden, which Correct. I think is fair enough. He didn't have a huge impact and he's one game back from an injury. Yeah, exactly right. So I would have the emergencies as Dow, Marchbank, Hollands, Durden. <laughs> this is such a it's so hard. <laughs> the pro, it's like you go back to one and then you come back to another and you're like, okay, what's the effect of him coming out and him coming in? So we haven't even considered the classic Carlton last minute injury report. Blake Akers. Yeah, well that's the thing. If or someone a- else. <laughs> Akers is easy. If Akers is out, then he's yeah. the one who just Makes Holland, Hollands and Cottrell play the wings. Correct, and, yeah, exactly right. That's that's the exactly easy right. that's the easy part. Exactly right. But the problem is we don't want that. No, we don't. <laughs> So we don't want that at all. Yeah. Uh, what about the midfield battle? Our midfield better than theirs? You think? Especially if it's wet, I think. Yeah. They've had their issue has been in recent years. It's been winning contested ball and mm. post clearance contest. Yes, correct. So, yes. and that's something we excel at. So basically, correct. as David King put on Monday, we should be in a situation where Carlton is plus seven to ten in inside fifties mm-hmm. based on clearance control. Yep. And ruck control, which because I think De Koning will just jump over Hickey. And you've got to play Pitternet. Why can, there's, can there's someone, no debate. There's before no debate. we go on, why is, why does Pitternet get such a bad rap? What what is it with? Because he doesn't touch the ball around the ground. Yeah, but who cares? I'm I'm doing the devil's. Yeah, own. yeah, yeah. But does it really like? Why do people think that you need to be Max Gorn to be a ruck to mm. be to be a good ruckman? Yeah. So yeah, I think what people would say is he doesn't have any impact around the ground and he doesn't get in the right spots defensively. But yep. there's no option. Well, Jack Savani's not fit. Harry Mackay can't play in the ruck. Yep. It's going to be a wet weather game. There's going to be maybe 60 or 70 ball, uh, ball ups, yep. throw-ins. You need to play two rucks. Okay, so what about all the physicality and all the blocking and all the defensive work Pitternet does at stoppage to help our midfield? Does that just Is that just mm. magically ignored by everybody? No, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And that's just this is just the ignorant part of me coming out is that people just don't get what he does. Yeah. People don't understand the strengths that he brings. To, everyone has weaknesses. Whether yeah. it's around the ground, whether it's and I actually don't think he's that bad around the ground either. You know, maybe in those aerial contests he's not absolutely amazing, but Look, I think he provides a lot more benefit to the team than than uh, than, if, than benefits. If Jack, I think than costs. If Jack Silvani was fit, I don't think he'd be in the twenty-two for this game. Maybe. Because I think you'd play Deconing Silvani as yeah, the Yeah, Potentially, rucks. potentially. And we did look good when that was the case. But, but sorry, I think it, it's a good advantage. I think if we've yeah. got Hickey versus Deconing mm-hmm. and 
um, uh, what's his name, McLean versus Pitnet, mm. I think were advantage in both ruck matchups. Correct. Or vice versa. And why people worried about the weather? Is this, are we really going down that path, are we? Well, I'm only worried because I'm going to the game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get rained on. I don't know why people, are, I've had people message me saying, oh, is the rain going to affect Carlton and no. Sydney? And oh, maybe Sydney are favourites now because of the, the wet. It's just water. It just makes the game a lot more contested and territory-based like Which it always has been. what we want. I mean, I don't. For me, the rain favours us. I don't know where people are. I don't even know why and people are worried about the weather, aside from getting a bit wet, like you said. Some classic chat on SEN today about whether Mackay should get picked if it's wet. Of course oh, he is. We need key forwards to bring the ball to ground. Oh, and imagine if Sydney could just focus all of their efforts on Kerno in the way St Kilda exactly. and Collingwood. Exactly. And whoever, who's the other team? Exactly. St Kilda and Melbourne. If Harry didn't play against the Gold Coast, there's no way Charlie's kicking five and have an 18. Thank so you. I'm not even going to go down that path. We've 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 ticked that box. We'll leave, leave that one alone now. Let, let's focus a little bit on Sydney. Now th- there are a couple of players, and we'll go back, and it'll be a nice segue into the game we played against them in round 11 earlier this season. Now there are a few players that got off the chain. One of them who absolutely slaughtered us was Nick Blakey. He is the key. Yep. Yeah. Now he played on Char- he played on Charlie Kerno for parts, beat him in a couple of one on ones, mm. and then got him the other way as well. So. He and Errol Goulden are going to provide a lot of chains, a lot of exits, a lot of score involvements for Sydney as well. And these two players, as much as you need to be wary of them with their offense, I think you also need to make them accountable defensively too. That's the big thing. So the interesting thing is the last time we played them, mm-hmm. they had neither McCartan brother. So our thought was, okay, our key forwards will get, will take control. They yep. played Lewis Melican, who played on Harry, mm-hmm. or played a bit on Charlie. Oh, sorry, Robbie Fox played a lot on Charlie. Yep. Um, and then... Uh, uh, Melican played on Mackay. Yep. And Blakey torched us up. There's that yep. third call. This was back when we were just kicking to the same spot. Aimlessly. Aimlessly over Hopelessly. and over and over again. And they just picked us off off halfback. Yep. And cut us apart. Mm-hmm. I think we've, we've gotten better at shutting down those halfback runners mm-hmm. in the second half of the year. And I think Fogarty, Cunningham, Cottrell have been a big part of that. They have been. So I, I don't think it's too much of a... Yeah, the fact that McCartan is in. So McCartan obviously plays on... Mackay, I think, because I think they really liked what Fox did on Kerno. Right. So I reckon they go to that again. The question is, yeah, how do we stop Blakey's influence? And is that a is that like a Jack Martin who yeah follows him and then yep. tries to make him accountable the other way? Mm. It would seem that that would be the case as well. I think, and and that game we had a lot of players that just so Hewitt went down with concussion. Uh, we didn't have Jack Martin in the team. We didn't have Fogarty in the team. We didn't have Cunningham in the team, and those players have been just integral to our form turnaround. They have been just so enormous in the way we defend the front half, the way we lock the ball in our front half, and the way we actually set up around stoppage as well, and the way we defend around stoppage, which is why Hewitt has been enormous. And Hollands also went down with the shoulder. That's right. Injury as well, which which really hurt us too. And Zach Fisher wasn't in the form of his – well, he's been in the form of his career the last couple of weeks. So – there are a lot of different factors coming into this game that set us up a lot better than we were last time. So if we actually go back and look at the game, the territory battle was, we were probably, you would argue to say that in between the arcs, we were probably the better team for mm. bigger parts of that game. We just weren't able to hit the scoreboard. First quarter, we were better. Second quarter, we were better. Couldn't hit the scoreboard. Points, points, points. What do we kick for the game? So we, six, 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 fi- 15. six fifteen. Six fifteen. We had 4-8 at halftime to 6-2, and then 8-8 eight, eight to 6-12. So if you you know you flip that, and it's a completely different game. So yep. 
Yeah, exactly right. So contested possessions were quite even in that game. Uncontested possessions were quite even. So it was even up to a certain point. But I think in between the arcs, we were a little better. Now we're going a lot better than we were back then. Uh, safe to say that Sydney's probably going a little bit better than we were back then, than they yep. were back then as well. But I think we've just we've just got a lot more match winners on the park. We've just got better footballers, I think, just from a talent perspective. Yeah, And that's always been the argument. It's always been, okay, well, we know the players are good enough with ball in hand and talent-wise, but it's just what are they doing outside of it from a systematic point of view and a team perspective to actually bring that talent to the fore? And now I think we're seeing it in spades, really, and we have seen it in spades for the last 10 weeks. So we deserve to be favourite, absolutely no doubt. The MCG is going to be ideal for us. The crowd factor is going to be huge. And, you know, if you don't kick... It's easy to say, but if you don't kick six fifteen, you know, I'm sure there were a few rush behinds in that as well. But Charlie was horrible that night with his set shots. Harry Mackay was horrible. That was when he was going through the big yips. So and our smalls were non existent either. The other thing is City for the only time this year used Isaac Heaney as an on baller. Mm -hmm. They played him on Crips, kept Crips to nineteen disposals and minimum impact. And they haven't gone back to that. They haven't played that card since. They probably don't have to because Callum Mills didn't play in that game. Yes, correct. So Mills is probably the one who takes the the body-on-body role with Cripps. Mm -hmm. And then we see what happens around that. But because I think we have so much depth through the midfield, like if Cripps has 20 disposals and like six clearances in this game, I still think we can win the game because Walsh, Chera, Hewitt, Dow will come on at some Mm -hmm. point and be fresh. I think we have enough horses. I agree. To win the midfield battle, yeah, even yeah. if Cripps is quiet. Yep. But I also think they get an advantage of Heaney's forward because, mm. as, as we just pointed out before, we don't have a good matchup, mm. especially if Papley plays as well, which mm-hmm. seems like he will. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Errol Gordon has become one of the best 10 players in the <laughs> AFL in the second half of the wow. year. Does he play on ball? Does he play on the wing? What do we do about that? I think what we did against Nick Dacos showed sort of the blueprint. It's yep. just mm. make them work for it, tire them out. And then if they get to the outside, then you've just got Akers and Hollands and Cottrell being yep. accountable. Yep. I think the one thing you've also got to look at as well, and it, not, not that it's been forgotten about, but it's a big thing, is that you've got to win the source at the contest. You've got to gain field territory more often than not. Lock it in your front half, which has been a massive strength of ours in this second half of the season. Getting the ball forward, locking it in our front half, getting front half turnovers and scoring that way as well. And that's where people were questioning, oh, why does Michael Voss keep mentioning defence? Why does he keep mentioning defence? Because you win the clearance, mm. you get the ball in your front half, and then it zings back out and you concede goals. So that defensive aspect of our forward half is what has come to the fore in this second half of the season. And you mentioned it before, that those half forwards and small yeah. forwards. How good's Fogarty's defensive pressure been? And Jack Martin. They both have to play. Yeah, they have Fogarty to. Fogarty has to play. Agree. Completely agree. Especially because Sydney want to carve you up with, with Lloyd and yep. with Blakey. Mm-hmm. They want to carve you up with that halfback transition. Mm-hmm. And we need to have that pressure on the ball. If it's wet, that's even better for that. Uh, what else was I going to say? So the match matchups defensively interest me. Okay. So F- from our perspective, or from, or from our perspective, okay, right, okay. You've got Amadi, yep. McDonald, mm-hmm. and you've got McLean. McLean, he's a worry from them as a marking threat. Yes. And he's also the tallest. Yes. So I almost wonder if Weidering goes to him. You would. You would say so. And then you've got probably Kemp on uh, McDonald, mm-hmm. McGovern on Amadi. Or do you flip yeah, those two? Potentially. I don't know if all three will play in the forward line at the same time. That's the question. They'll probably start there. Yeah, okay. Because Hickey right. will start in the ruck. Right, yep. But yeah, they probably won't want to be that tall. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not too worried about 
that. I don't think if you look at defences in the AFL, mm. they don't all play super, super, super tall defence as in as in defenders now. I don't think that's the mould anymore. It's it's. I think Weedering can handle any of those as well. But also as a defence, you've also got to make sure that they're not getting a run and jump one on mm. one at these at these contests and aerial balls coming in as well. So you've got to make sure that there's numbers around the aerial contest too to stop them from actually having cle- having a clean run and jump at it. Do you go Newman, Tahini and Saad to Papley? Or yeah. Yeah, or yeah. Newman to Papley and then Chincotta. So so I'm looking at I'm looking at what Newman did against Toby Green. So who's more Toby Green like with regards to their play? I'd probably say it's Heaney. Heaney because but, he's a marking yeah, threat as Heaney's well. He's a bit taller and a bit yeah, stronger than yeah, Green. Yeah, I would be. And Heaney hasn't been going great. No, except now against us. Yeah, it was the best game of the year. <laughs> of Thanks, course, of course. Uh, I would be looking at it and saying, yeah, I would say Newman to Heaney, I think, is the right matchup, and Saad to Papley, and make Papley mm. accountable. And I think if you way. send Saad to Papley, that turns off Ryan Clark going to Saad, which is something that I would consider okay. if I yeah, was yeah, Sydney. Yeah. Yep. You can't yep. tag Saad if he's yep. just playing a defensive role on Papley. Well, this is a beauty about those. So this is a beauty about Doherty, Newman, and Saad, and this is what um, I think it might have been the – was it the Melbourne or was it the Collingwood game? I think it might have been the Collingwood game. It was one of the two. Um, our opposition sent uh, our opposition sent someone to Newman, and then Sard and Doherty got you. Yeah, and that's that's the problem with that that backline that Carlton has is that if you send someone to stop and negate Sard and Doherty or Newman, uh, one of them's going to get you. Rega- you can't take all of them. It's interesting. It's impossible. Like, Sard was all Australian last year. He's had a pretty quiet year. He's just sort of done his job without, yeah, without, but, uh, without the flair, without the do you think that's dominance. Been, do you think that's been the case for a lot of these blokes in the second half of the year? Cripps is the biggest oh, one of it. The numbers have, have all dropped. Yeah, but Cripps has been the biggest proponent of it. I think he's had his best year as a Carlton footballer. Really? Yeah, but numbers-wise, you look at it and you compare it to 2018, 2017, last 2019, last year. They've all been It's all been a drop-off, mm. but he's been facilitator. That's when he's at his best. He's the facilitator. He's not. We don't need. Yeah. We don't need forty disposal, two goal a week. Patrick Cripps. That's not what we need. That's not what we've ever needed. But because we've had no one there to support him, he's been the bloke that's felt okay. Well, I've got to do it again. I've got to do it again. Now he's got mates around him. And the one word that I've used uh, throughout this part of the season now is that all these blokes have trust with each other, which is enormous. It's like mm. any workplace thing. If you trust someone to do the job, you don't have to always be looking over their shoulder and micromanaging and say, oh, you're doing this and you're doing that. I don't trust you to do this, so I'm going to take the workload, take it all off you, and then I'm going to do it. Then it undermines your position. Correct. And that's been the problem for us. And I don't think they I don't think they purposefully do that. I don't think that it's more just an innate thing where you look at results not going your way and you look at yourself and say, okay, well, I'm the leader. You just innately do it. And I think that's been our problem. Now it just seems as though they're all naturally just fulfilling the role that they need to. And Patrick Cripps has been he's been the epitome of it. And it's no, it comes as no shock that I think he's had his best year as captain this year and our results have skyrocketed. How, how, did you see his press conference? Uh, I, I enjoyed the bit about him sort of going, yeah, I love the Pitnet Kennedy stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was. Uh, what would you make of that? Well, I love right? it. Yeah. I love it. They're, they're, we're... They're two players on the fringe of playing in our first final in a decade. Correct. I'm glad they're they're getting into it. Hungry. Hungry. They're very they hungry. Um, he had the biggest, fattest smile on his face. The happiest I've seen him. He mm. was, he was, I know this sounds a bit, this is a bit floggish, but he was, he was glowing. Good. <laughs> you know what? I'm happy that Patrick Cripps is happy. He was glowing, Pont. He's had a lot of downtime. He's had, he's a, had lot a lot of, of down, down moments. I'm glad he's got a... 
got a smile on his face. He's had a lot of down moments. He's had a lot. Of, I actually just just one thing before uh, we wrap this up. Uh, Pon, you got anything more you wanted to? Oh, add? I was just going to yeah. mention that you're talking about like everyone having sort of lower numbers. You look at the Collingwood game, probably our best performance of the year. Yep. Newman twenty seven, Acres twenty three, Chera twenty got injured. Cripps, 20, Hewitt, 19, Akers, 18, yep. uh, sorry, Doherty, 18, McGovern, 18, Weedering, 18, Sard, 16. Like, what's the average of disposals there? 19 and a half? Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Dis- disposals are... Like, I, I don't, this is what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah I, don't, I don't look too much into how many disposals... You look at, you look at the, the middle of our uh, slump, and like it's Walsh, yeah. 38, and like yeah, Chera, yeah, yeah, 33, yeah, yeah. and Cripps, yeah. 31, and uh, the numbers are so different. O- overusing the ball yeah. is is the problem as well because couldn't couldn't move it out of our back half, yeah. and uh, it, it's more what you do with the ball rather than how many times you have it. So that's been a big, big thing for us. We've been far more efficient and far more effective with ball in hand. Uh, anything else we wanted to add? I got one question for you and all for all the listeners at home, just sort yes. of to internalize before Friday. All four listeners? Yep. Well, actually, we've had quite a few. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> Way more than I expected, actually. Um, is the season a yes. success or a failure regardless of the result on Friday? I had us penciled in for top six and a home final was the bare minimum I wanted. So it is a fantastic stepping stone for what's to come. Yeah. So obviously if you finish top six, mm-hmm. your expected result is a semifinal. Yes. Your expected result is to play in the second week of finals. Yes. But if we lose a home final to the Sydney Swans on the MCG on Friday night... I'll be filthy. I will be filthy. But at the end of the day, I don't know how... When I look back on it, when mm-hmm. I, once I've calmed down, mm-hmm. I don't know how disappointed I'll be because I feel like the way that they have recovered from yes. Yes. the post-Essendon situation, which we've gone through, we don't have to go through it Multiple anymore. Times. We've gone yep. through it a ton. As I just pointed out, there were $151 to win the flag after that yeah. game. The way that they've recovered and the leadership shown from mm. the very top, Luke Sayers, Brian Cook, Brad Lloyd down, has been phenomenal. Mm. They have single-handedly turned the club around yeah, by just have. saying, "No, we're not. We're not folding. We're not bowing to the pressure. We're, we're not sacking anyone. We're we're sticking fat." Yep. And we won nine of ten games. We went from bottom four to a home final. Mm-hmm. And yes, it would be bloody disappointing if we lose to Sydney. It will be. I yep. still think it's what a platform has been laid for twenty twenty-four. I completely agree. Yeah, I, I I would. I'll be filthy at the result. Yep. But very, very proud of what they've been able to achieve because it's been, it's arguably been the biggest turn in season turnaround for since I can remember. Just, just regardless of it being Carlton, Pond. Yeah. Regardless, I can't remember a team turning it around as, as much as they have. It almost doesn't feel real how big a turnaround it was. You better believe it. It's very, very real. Uh, now, I, okay, well, prediction. What are we going with? I think Carlton by 20 points. I am going to agree with you. I'm going to go a little bit less. I'm going to say Carlton by 17 points. That's so I, I think, think we win, result. and I think at no point in the game are we comfortable. Yeah, That's right. how I feel. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> we're all going to be really uncomfortable. I did actually – funny you say that. When I was at training on that Saturday morning, I did feel a little bit of nervous energy about the crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which was which oh, yeah. was very interesting. We uh, need an early goal on Friday. Yeah, we Just need to settle. First clearance, get it forward, yep, yep. someone kick a goal. And just everyone can can breathe. We need a settler. Uh, yeah, no, no, go on, go on. Sydney been there, done that. No, they have. Yeah, that's and that's the thing as well. Uh, the finals experience and that whole schmozzle that comes about with these types of games is that's that's going to be a big thing for them too. But maybe it won't be. Maybe that'll favour us. 
Yeah. The fact that we're a little bit wet behind the ears with regards to this kind of stuff. But effectively, I think they'd look at it and say, well, we've played nine elimination finals <laughs> in the build-up to this anyway, so there's no real – I don't think there's anything to be too worried about. Yeah. Collingwood game, Melbourne game, that Essendon game, so many big crowd oh, yep. experiences on. even just this year. Exactly right. And that's that's the beauty about being part of the current football club is that you're playing these huge games week in, week out. Yep. Um, I wanted to read one, one thing. Uh, it's from Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> you it. know I like to get very philosophical and uh, very insightful with these type of things, but – I mean, everybody's had their say up until this point in time. We've all critiqued the players. We've critiqued the club. But I thought this was a brilliant – now, I, I read this out on another podcast, with, which hasn't gone to air just yet, but this will go to air beforehand. Um, and it pertains to the gladiator in the Colosseum. The gladiator in the Colosseum. So this is from Theodore Roosevelt. Now, the Italian soccer coaches, before they won the Euros, actually read this out to their players, and they ended up going on to win the Euros. So maybe if this is read out. Carlton will go on to win the flag. Who knows? So this is what Theodore Roosevelt said. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls, who neither know victory nor defeat. I think that's a perfect way to win. We are the timid souls. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) So for all we say, we're not the men in the arena. The men in the arena will be going head-to-head against Sydney on Friday night. Yep. We are with you. We are behind you. We are, as the Carlton Football Club has quoted the last week, stronger together. I will be there for once. You will be there. I will be there. There will be over 90,000 people there. It's going to be raucous. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a sea of navy blue. Get behind these boys. Don't worry about the weather. Don't mm. worry about if Akers is going to play. Don't worry about that. They've got, they're standing on the shoulders of giants at the moment, and that's the supporter base. That's the legends that have gone before them, and that's the coach that they've got who's going to guide them hopefully, all the way this season. So, Speaking of being there, done that, Vossi's been there and done that. He knows what it's all He's about. He's beaten Carlton in an elimination final as a coach. Exactly he, right. He knows how to do that too. He, he knows what um, it's all about. So uh, give them all, mm. give them everything, uh, regardless of what happens on Friday night. They've done us proud uh, to even get to this point. So it's it's a great stepping stone and foundation into seasons beyond, we hope. so. Give us the opportunity. Well. To knock out one of Collingwood or Melbourne in the semi-final. <laughs> Give us the opportunity to put the fear of God in their hearts and I will be happy. Exactly right. Exactly right. Let's get on to Friday. Big game coming up. Uh, you on Twitter. Uh, at Nick Negropontis. At Nick, at Nick Negropontis. Me on Twitter as well. I don't even know what my Twitter at handle Paolo is. At uh, I think it might be. It is at Paolo Sebo 5 Yes, P-A-O-L-O-S-E-B with the numbers 05 on the end. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been a treat to bring it to you all. Uh, give us some feedback if you've got any. We'll uh, put this up as soon as it uh, as soon as it goes to where. We'll uh, retweet it out and check out. Sen is doing a 
parochial Carlton call oh, yes. on Friday night. Yes. You can listen to it on the SEN app. Yep. Download the app. It's mm-hmm. a great app. Yep. I'm, I'm biased, but it's actually a fucking good app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Download the app. And on, when if you're at the game or if you're watching at home, mm-hmm. just have the call on Andy Marr, Wayne Johnston. Yep. Mark McClure. Yep. Just call in the game from a Carlton perspective. Exactly How right. How good. This is what we've all, this is what I've always wanted. Download the app. <laughs> Get around it. Exactly right. So Salas has been in fine form as yes. well during the Carlton games too. So uh look out for it. And it's funny how things come around full circle. Maybe Andy Mars, maybe the camera on Andy Mar will have I've him. got a so obviously I'm SEN social media manager. Yes. And I have a plan if we win the game. Right. To have the vision of Mari then versus ah, Mari now. Pont. So if I you're listening it. to this now, you get a you're gonna look forward to that, hopefully. Knock on wood, we win the game. Yep. If we lose, I will disassociate from the vision. <laughs> the vision might get hunted into burnt. The <laughs> well and truly burnt. Um, humiliation before success. That's the big thing. We've been there. We'll leave it at that. We've been there. Go Blues, Pont. Go Blues. Go Blues.